Hey everybody, this is Alex Kelly here with another episode of the Furloughed Film Talks Podcast. The podcast here with my brother, Ryan. What's up, everybody? We're going to blow your speakers out in this episode. We've got a lot of fun news to talk about and some spoilers that we're going to drop about Borat. Borat, subsequent movie film. Most subsequent movie film. This movie um, will come out... Today, uh, it is October 23rd on Amazon Prime. Some of the stuff has already leaked because of those assholes over at The Guardian, but whatever. So we'll talk about that at the end, a very compromising scene with Rudy Giuliani. We're going to run over quickly um, some news about the Uncharted movie with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, and we're also going to dive into the trailer for the new David Fincher movie, which is going to come out on Netflix called Mank, set in 1930s, so I'm excited to watch that trailer, and we'll react right after Great decade. Nothing yeah. bad happened in that decade. Not at all. And But first, we have to talk Joker. Uh, Joker, the Jared Leto version, is coming back. He is shooting scenes currently for the Snyder Cut. Uh, this was an exclusive from the Hollywood Reporter. Um, so he has joined in the shooting of additional footage for the Snyder Cut, the filmmaker's definitive version of the 2017 superhero movie. He was forced to quit. Um, blah, blah, blah. It's currently underway with Ben Affleck, Ray Fisher, and Amber Heard among those involved on top of Letter Leto. It is unclear which other actors are included. So Ben Affleck is like... Uh, sh- shooting scenes as well, right? Yeah, so that's that's what it said at the beginning. They're right now shooting um, those scenes. So even as the shoot rolls ahead, two producers who are involved with the theatrical movie are cri- quietly moving to the side. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. One of them is quite big. It's Jeff Johns. He was in a studio executive when the movie originally came out, but he will not be getting a producer credit on the Snyder Cut. So that's something that's not getting a whole lot of pub right now that's actually kind of a big deal because Jeff Johns is, was, is, however you want to look at it, one of the more um, respected people within the DC universe. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that they're not going to give him a producer credit whatsoever. Well, I'm not, I mean, I'm not surprised they're shaking up a little bit with yeah. how abysmal the original was. Yeah, and he's he's gotten mixed reviews with his movies. He's more known, really beloved for his like comic books that he's helped write. Um, mm-hmm. For the DC comic book series, um, but when he kind of vent- has ventured over to the movies, it hasn't gone. Did too he have anything well. to do with uh, Birds of Prey? I think he did. That might have been the death nail. Let's let's look up live De- Jeff Johns' Birds o Prey movie because dear lord, that movie was awful. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, the film's executive producers are Walter. Hamada, Galen Vaseman, Jeff Johns, Hans Ritter, and David Ayer. Anyone who had anything to do with Birds yeah. of Prey should never make another movie. So yeah, that probably makes a lot of sense. But it's interesting that, because in that, uh, uh, what was it called? Justice League, the uh, character of Joker wasn't in it at all, if no. I remember correctly. Zero. Well, he had scenes though, didn't he, that were yeah, like cut? They, they had filmed something to be included, um, but then they cut that out of the movie um so it's going to be interesting how they kind of i don't want to say shoehorn him in but he is going to be involved in this neck in the snyder cut which there's more than enough time because it's going to be four one hour episodes so we're right getting four hours of new snyder cut and i'm low-key pretty excited about this like i like 
I don't think you didn't like the Jared Leto Joker, did oh, you? Oh, I despised it, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually liked it. I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty flashy, pretty cool. Yeah, I couldn't stand it. I thought it was one of the most ridiculous things. As he's like, he's got the gun like against his face, and he's like licking it in the club, and yeah, Margot I mean, Robbie like breaks somebody's leg in the club. I thought it was just a little. He's got too the much. tattoo on his hand and shit. Yeah, it's just it's kind of weird because like in the Birds of Prey, they had like a body double for Leto, so like he's now going to come back after they've already used a body double in one movie, so... Well, when Zack Snyder calls and like, hey, you want to yeah, shoot well, some scenes? You're like, fuck yeah, I'm he's like, He's like, HBO Max? Sure, let me come right now. Of course. And what else is he doing, right? Like, uh, Waiting for Morbius to be released. Yeah, I mean, he's already done with that, so... That's, I mean, yeah, he's literally just, like, sitting around twiddling his thumbs waiting for that to be released, which that was supposed to be this month, and now... Writing new uh, 30 Seconds to Mars music yeah, and... being a cult leader... What? Have you not seen those photos? No. He's on some like private island, and they're all like dressed in white, and they're like literally following him through the like the ocean. It's really weird. I'm down. Yeah. If you want to just Google Jared Leto Cole. Okay. And you'll inevitably find the photos. Cool. Good for him, man. For the people at home. Hey, living his best life in 2020. Good for him. One of a handful of people. Yeah, literally like um, a dozen people who aren't. Yeah. Cool. Yay, 2020. Yeah, so this is just something that kind of broke. Um, as more news comes out about the Snyder Cut, we will be sure to let y'all know. Um, but this is just something that's going to be interesting with this movie that came out in 2017 and is going to get a re-release um, sometime probably, what, they say? It was no, it's going to be May. Is it May 2021? Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't get freaking pushed back. Like it should it. I mean, since it's already in production, it should be a bunch of bastards. Barely set in stone. Yeah. So that is something to keep an eye out on. Plus, um, it's in. It's on TV, so it's not like yeah. movie theater shutdowns. Well, if they had to like shut down the production, then that would inevitably push it back. Yeah. But you also have to think about who else they want to bring on to do shooting. So like, oh, like. I didn't see Henry Cavill's name in there. Like, we need him to come in for a couple weeks. Well, he's got a quarantine for two weeks. Or it's like, oh, we need this. Like, there's something that could push I'm sure it at back. this point they have it pretty well planned out. Yeah, so let's just hope that nothing – really, it's hopefully nobody on the set gets it, and then they have to shut it down for a couple weeks or months or however long. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We'll keep it updated on anything that comes out about the Snyder Cut. We are super excited for May 2021. Then a piece of news that broke today, the long-rumored, long-delayed adaptation of the Uncharted game series is finally getting made. It is in production, um, and Tom Holland released the first photo of him as Nathan Drake. Dude, he looks great as this character. He, he looks spot on. It is a spitting image almost. The only complaint that I saw was somebody was like, oh, he's too young. And it's like, yeah, he is a little, a little bit. bit on the younger side, but like... This is yeah. supposed to be the beginning of Nathan Drake. I've never really played the video games, but uh, Greg, the guy who was just on our last episode, uh, when he was living with us, he played those video games a lot, um, and from what he said and how he explained it, it sounded like a very interesting character and something that could pizzas here, something that could be um, adapted into movies really, really well. So just the overall arching story and starting out as he's getting started as a you know thief, as a treasure hunter of sorts. I think this is going to be a really, really cool um, project coming up. So yeah, I played like. 
I bought one of the Uncharted games and I played it for like 15 minutes, so I can't say much about it either. Um, Which one was it? No clue. I think it was Uncharted Two. Okay. I don't know. Who knows? It like it started out. He was a he was a kid and he was like sneaking through a museum. It might not even be Uncharted at all. I have no fucking idea. But <laughs> that doesn't mean we can't get excited about this movie. No, but Tom Holland in anything is excitable. So plus, like if it's a kind of like Indiana Jones type Tomb Raider thing, yeah. like Tom Holland would be perfect for this because he's very uh, gymnastics. You know, yes, very aerobic, bendy, flexible. Yeah, does all the backy flips. Does all of them? Does and it's really cool, kind of on like the behind the scenes for like Spider Man, where they're showing him like basically doing parkour and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, he like it's insane the stuff he can actually do. Like, because he was a um, ballet dancer growing up. Interesting. I think I. Yeah. I don't know if I'd heard ballet dancer, but uh, have you seen the? Um, uh, what's that? <laughs> it's your computer. <laughs> It's not off. <laughs> I guess um, not. Have you seen the the lip sync battle video where he's like, "Yes, <laughs> bro, that's crazy." It's really uncomfortable to watch, but it's like super impressive. Oh, it's very impressive. But it's <laughs> yeah. highly uncomfortable. Very to watch. uncomfortable as this uh, heterosexual male. Um, but not only is Tom Holland in it, but Mark Wahlberg is in it. So two that I could do without a listeners. What you don't like Mark? You don't like Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? I mean, I like Marky Mark, but he tends to like you know hog the screen a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Could. I I don't know. I, I think it's interesting that he's going to be in it with like Tom oh Holland. great another Terminator movie. <laughs> Not Terminator. Um, shit. What movies was he in? The Transformers. Transformers. Yeah. yeah. Which he like he replaced Shia LaBeouf and it was just a weird like it was super weird because like and then he was like you that, can't being be- told by a teenager that Romeo and Juliet laws were a thing that was radically uncomfortable that was super weird it was such a strange moment yeah but you in that can't replace movie. LaBeouf 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 Shia Shia we really never talked about him in the uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High thing. Oh, he was him stoned in his truck. Let's not, because, like... That was pretty funny. The guy obviously has substance abuse issues. Sure, he does sure. not need to be smoking weed. No. But he was spot on for Spicoli. Was he? Oh, yeah. I've never seen that movie, so... What? What? That's a classic. Is it? Yes. Okay. So, that is our <laughs> Uncharted trailer, Uncharted photo Yeah, I mean, there literally was one photo that came yeah. out, so it's not much But news. it's super interesting. Um, we posted it on our Instagram, at Furloughed Film Talks. If you're following us, you'll hopefully see it there first before other people post it to their Instagrams. It is interesting seeing what all the youngins are doing in their careers. Yeah. Like Mr. Chalamet and Mr. Holland. Holland. Dude, I can't wait for Dune. Got another year to wait. It makes me so sad. Yeah, it's kind of sucky that they pushed it. Yeah. We're going to watch the trailer real fast for Mank, a movie from David Fincher that is going to be put on Netflix. It looks very interesting. So we'll be back in five minutes. We just watched the trailer for Mank coming out on Netflix from David Fincher. But I'd much rather talk sports, which is unfortunate because this is not a sports podcast. But Daniel Jones just tripped like a bitch so yeah bitches always be tripping on glass yeah motherfuckers anyways this is a movie that will come out on netflix starring gary oldman i didn't even like what what the fuck was this about and like dear god it looks strange um yeah i think I'll, i will try my best to explain this movie please. it looks like orson welles best friend who's something mankowitz I don't know. You know what this really looks like? What's that? It looks like Great Gatsby, but if Great Gatsby was like an old middle-aged man. 
truth in road movies. Right. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, so it's set in black and white in the 1930s. And Gary Oldman plays a character named Mank, who has a drinking problem, a gambling problem, and... Uh, what else? Full name is Mankiewicz. Oh, and he is having a thing with Amanda Seyfried, um, but it's platonic. So, mm-hmm. sure. So I guess he's a screenplay. <laughs> yeah, he's a writer? screenwriter and like a writer of some sort and a director. Okay. Um, I'm gonna watch this. It looks very strange. I, the only reason I really want well, there's two reasons. Gary Oldman and David Fincher. Yeah. So because of that, and obviously Netflix thought it was good enough to put on Netflix. Um, it's not saying much. True, but yeah. if they're gonna give David Fincher a lot of money, I think they're gonna make something pretty damn good. True. And it probably is gonna be good. Just the trailer wasn't um, all that exciting. And it ends in like what. I would assume like a Seth MacFarlane parody sketch would look like where it's like, have I ever told you the story of such and such? And it's just like, what? Yeah. So like that's it, like that's what just leaves a weird taste in your mouth at the very end where this they're obviously trying to make an old school type movie from the 30s with Charles Dance in it as well. And if you don't remember that name, he played um, the leader of the Targaryen, not Targaryen. Uh, Lannister, clan yeah, he's a uh, in Lannister patriarchy in Game of Thrones. Gets snuffed out by Tyrion. Spoilers for Game of Thrones. Um, what? There's some people who haven't seen it. That's sad. Yeah, well, I feel bad for those people. I want them to be in our audience, Ryan. We include everybody. Please go see Game of Thrones. The Philistines and the. Where's that from? The Philistines? The uncircumcised Philistines. Freaking slapped. Uh, no, so... People are going to have no idea what we're talking about. I don't care. There's a pastor who says outlandish stuff, and he was talking about uncircumcised... Or he called a bunch of people uncircumcised Philistines. And someone so, did a great like uh, little hippity-hoppity video. I'll have to cut that in at some point during this episode, because it's hysterical. Hey. It's really funny. Um, and unfortunately, he's from Fort Worth. Yeah, I really thought he was from Georgia, and then when I looked it up, I was really sad. He also did a great COVID nineteen video. COVID nineteen. I blow you away. I'll have to link that one as well after I say this. Um, anyway, back to our original programming. Yeah, so Mank <laughs> um, is going to be a very interesting movie that um, I'm I'm going to be – I don't know if I'm going to be as interested in the movie overall as the reception to how people – like what people think of it. Because Fincher is, I think – a well-known enough name that when people see like, oh, he did Social Network and he did, um, <coughs> what else did he freaking do? Yeah, honestly, I had actually not familiar with this guy. Seriously? Yeah. Social Network is an amazing movie, though. Yeah, his his Fight Club, Seven, Gone Girl, Zodiac, The Social Network, The, oh, girl, shit. Okay. the girl with the Dragon Tattoo, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I am very familiar with David Fincher. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my point is like I don't think a lot of people know the name, but once you start to list off everything that he's done, it's like, 
it's quite the resume. Oh wow! Like he's done a lot, and so like um, two of my some of my favorite movies were on that list. Well, yeah, like Fight two, Club and Benjamin Button. Well, and one of my favorite movies, Gone Girl. I Gone Girl is probably my top. A little less so. Uh, I I like my Neil Patrick Harris with a little less blood. That was a lot of blood. A lot of blood. I've already, I've, yeah. I don't think I've ever told this story on this podcast. Okay. Because I've got a story with that. I've definitely told you this story. Yeah. When we were sitting there, I saw because I was 2014. Yeah. So I was at UNT. Alec and I went and saw it at our Cinemark 14 in Denton. You did, That would have been your like, first semester, right? No, that would have been my – I would have been in the apartment with Alec. So Arbor's of Denton. Okay. So because I started 2013. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So 2014, yeah, right. I was like my junior year-ish. Um, anyways, we had heard that this movie was great. We were like, let's go see it. Um, we're sitting in a very crowded theater, and I realized that sitting to my right is uh, two women who are probably in their 30s or 40s with a child who's like nine. Yeah. And I knew the movie was rated R, but I didn't know like what certain scenes were about to happen. And we get to the scene where, and spoiler again for, I guess, anybody who hasn't seen this movie, where Neil Patrick Harris gets his, like, throat slit with a like, open beer or a wine bottle. Yeah. Or no, it's a knife, I think. Because she then takes a wine bottle and shoves it up her... Lady parts? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was... I'm pretty sure it was a knife. It was a knife. And so... I don't know. I just blocked out that movie. It's she, so like, gross. He, like, bleeds out all over her... And I look over, and they are literally covering this small child's like eyes. They should have got that small child out of the theater immediately. And that's not the only parent interaction that I saw when I saw that movie. I am waiting for Alec outside the bathroom as people are walking out, and here comes mom, furious, with another kid, probably nine or ten, furious, just storms out, and then dad, well, how was I supposed to know that was going to happen? I mean, it was classic. Literally, like, those children would need therapy just from seeing the silhouette of Ben Affleck's dick in that movie. Yeah, you see his butt. No, you see, like, his... I know, but, yeah, like, yeah you see everything. It's crazy. See the bat Great movie. Um, no. Tyler, Tyler Perry has a really great role in that. Um, I don't know. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It says a lot about you. Whatever. David Fincher, he's going to have Mank coming out on Netflix. I don't remember the date that they said. Uh, oh, December 4th, streaming on Netflix and then uh, in limited theaters in November. Um, so check to see sometime in November if it's going to be near you. Um, if you're up in New York, theaters are now open. So maybe you'll have it around you as well. But Ex-New York City. True. Um, but then it'll be on Netflix in November, so they're kind of doing like what they did for Trial of the Chicago 7, which we swear we'll review next episode. This is just going to become a running joke. Um, <laughs> I really feel like we should watch it again before we like do this. That's yeah. Why I, I mean, if it wasn't like it two and a half hours. I know, but it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, there's a lot of other stuff we need to be I know. watching. <clears throat> Like good Lord Bird. Right, I'm like next week. We'll commit to next week. One of the two episodes next week will include Trial of the Chicago Seven review. Yeah. Deal? Yeah. If you say so, man. Commit to it, Ryan. <laughs> say deal. You're the producer here. Shut up. Just say deal. Dealio. Alright, cool. So But we have to watch Good Lord Good Lord Bird. Yeah, this we weekend. need to catch up on Good Lord Bird. Is and it? kind of give a rundown of that show, because that's gonna that's been pretty awesome. I so. love that show, dude. Which if you like Good Lord Lord Bird or are interested in the story of John Brown and kind of other stories during that, you should check out Emperor. It is an Amazon Prime movie that's out. Uh, it's already out? It is out. We are in talks to hopefully 
interview somebody from that movie. It was like a much more uh, serious, very telling, very very more serious movie. The John Brown story, Uh, but also very good. Um, So wait, how is that about? Because I watched the trailer today. And it's all about a runaway slave. How is that in any way about John so Brown? So he runs into John Brown. So it's like... So he's like one of the... So John people. Brown like loosely plays into the story. It's yes. not actually... It's not specifically about John Brown. Okay. As much as like Good Lord Bird is. So it's... And I've, I've watched it. Good Lord Bird is about the onion. And, it is, um, true. Yeah. Um, I've already watched Emperor. It's really good. Um, when did you watch? Last week. Okay. That was weird. Um, it always does when we watch it together, Ryan. This is true. Screw you. So, <laughs> we were fortunate enough to watch another Amazon Prime movie um, early. It had breaking news literally eight minutes after the embargo lifted. So, we're going to pull back the uh, the curtain a little bit on some of the stuff that was going on. Um, but we are, of course, talking about Borat. Subsequent movie film. So, we watched this on Tuesday, Tuesday night. Um, <clears throat> the embargo, and if you've never heard of what an embargo is, <laughs> here's most most people hadn't. Mom and Dad had no clue what that was. So it's um, how Pearl Harbor happened. <clears throat> Jesus! Oh my God! Kidding. This took a dark turn. Anyways, that's not it at Too all. Soon? Yes. Well, how long ago was that? Seventy years. A long time. Eighty years almost. Yeah. Whatever. Anyways. Uh, I had a kid bring that up the other day. Pearl Harbor? Yeah, because I, we I was using in Hawaii as like a, you know, example. It was supposed to be, a, it was a phrase. Anyways, so I was like, what do you guys think of when you think of Hawaii? And this, <laughs> like, they're like, beaches, tropical weather, blah, blah, And then one kid in the back <laughs> just goes, yeah, that place where they got bombed. <laughs> the devastating destruction of Pearl like, Harbor. I was like, I was like, oh, Pearl Harbor. And they're like, what's that? And I was like, well... Your history teacher should teach you that. Anyways, um, we are talking about Borat. Borat, we watched it Tuesday. Um, an embargo is when um, newspapers or online media sites or just people like us who are critics or have a podcast who are able to watch it earlier are allowed by the studio to release their reviews of it. Some of the times they ask you not to reveal spoilers about the movie because they want people to have um, the chance to watch it. But... The embargo yesterday lifted at 11 a.m. our time, so noon Eastern, and by 12.08 Eastern, the biggest spoiler of the movie had already been dumped onto the interwebs by The Guardian. Yeah, Rudy Giuliani's a creep. So we will, from here on out, be talking straight spoilers. This is going to be posted the day um, that the movie comes out. So if you have not seen the movie already, it is out. You can go watch it now on Amazon Prime. Or if you want a non-spoiler review, we did that in our last episode. Yes. So check on, that out on if you want to. YouTube wanna... um, at Furloughed Film Talks is just the um, non-spoiler review. Or if you want to listen to the whole episode, that is available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but from here on out, spoilers on Borat. Rudy Giuliani is fiddling with his dick and... Okay, it like let's, let's be let's be at least a little fair to Rudy Giuliani, even though he doesn't deserve it whatsoever. At all. 
He wasn't grabbing his dick like everyone was saying. He was he tucking was, his shirt in. No, dude. Like, you see his, like, hand go in, and then it's, like, up, down, up, down. Like, it's a lot. And then literally he's talking, he's 30 like, seconds know. beforehand, he has his hand on her, like, lower back. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. right above her butt. So and it's he, very clear. And he wants her phone number and, for some reason, <laughs> her address. I think I thought she, he said email. Was it email address or address? No, like, address. He just says... Right That's your phone number creepy. and address. Yeah. Why? What do you think? Oh my god. He's a recently divorced, like seventy something year old man. Of course, he wants us, like you know. Did you hear the story where he was supposedly like he room? He, there was a rumor that he like was going around talking about some woman that he had been hooking up with, and that she had had quote big boobs or big airbags or something that like he said like was her. She had large breasts. So. Yeah, He's supposedly surprised. somebody who just loves to, like, try and hook up with women. And I let's mean, set up this scene. So, most dudes. But. True. Um, but most dudes don't go into a room with a reporter. Yeah, when no. they're a well-known figure. Especially when, like, you know, Trump hasn't had the best record with um, women. So Trump – or. This is a Borat subsequent movie film. It is the sequel to the twenty or two thousand six um, Borat movie, and the scene that we are talking about um, throughout the movie, Borat is trying to get back into the good graces of the Kazakhstan government, and to do so, he was going to um, basically sell his daughter to Mike Pence. No, 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 no. Give Mary, his daughter, yeah. give his daughter as a in a cage as a gift in a cage. Yes, his fifteen year old daughter Tutar. Yes, like Melania does in her right. mock Cinderella-esque. <laughs> a fucking hilarious like, yeah. animated cartoon in this movie of like uh, Donald Trump as like Prince Charming kind of. Which low-key, they need to do like a short film movie within a movie. Like they need to release. Up. That like, would have been fif- awesome. Like at least like a 15-minute like version of like Cinderella, but it's Donald Trump and Melania. Because <laughs> yeah. like you see like 30 seconds of it and it they had to have done some work Bro, on it. Straight up like in that animated little yeah. short they did, he, you know, remember the part where like instead of grabbing the glass slipper, yeah. he runs up and just literally grabs her by the... Yeah. And then they start dancing. Yeah. It's it's hilarious. It's, it's, this it, movie it, is it hits, great, dude. Like, it hits so many of, like, the different parts of, like, what's going on in, po- or in, like, current events right now. Right. But anyways, like, the whole premise is he's giving his, his daughter as a gift to Mike Pence to get in the good graces of the American dictator Trump. Um, and the Mike Pence thing falls through. And so they uh, resort to Rudy Giuliani yes. instead. Because he's the only one of Trump's accomplices who is not in jail. Yeah, well, that's yeah. literally like because they're like swiping or house of, arrest. Yeah, like they're swiping through like tender, but it's like Michael Flynn, Michael Cohen, Roger Stone. Right. And then it gets to Rudy Giuliani and they're like, oh. And uh, uh, so and to the point where um, <clears throat> they have the interaction with. Uh, Tutar and Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Tutar is now posing as a far right, um, like reporter. Yeah, like online reporter. And so she's doing an interview with Rudy Giuliani, and they're drinking and smoozing. And she's like touching, touching his, his knee. Yeah. And they're like, we'll eat bats together. <laughs> I forgot about that part. Yeah. That part gets lost in the shuffle of this entire. It's one of the best parts, though, because Rudy's like, crew. yeah, let's eat bats. Yeah, let's do it. Like, what? Nom, nom, nom. 
Oh my god! But and then they go into the back bedroom. Well, so new. So she invites him in. She's like, "Let's go have a drink in the room," because they're in a hotel room. They're doing the interview. That's been in pre-rigged with cameras. Yeah. And so she's like, "Let's go into the actual bedroom and let's have a drink." And he's like, "Hell yeah, New York, baby!" And he like just walks in with her, and they're sitting talking, and that they're then like they're kind of going back and forth, and he's really close to her. And then, well, she's like up under his shirt, taking the microphone. No, no, no. even off. before, he, like, because she does that when when he's standing right next to the bed. But like, even before that, they're near the mirror, kind of, and they're really close. And then, yeah, they walk kind of over to the bed. He, she starts to take it off. He sits down. She has the mic off, and she's going to like put it away. And that's when he decides to lay back on the All bed, all the way back down on his back, and is putting his hands into his pants. In a very strange way that leads you to believe that something's about to go down in the nether regions or he wants to have something go down. Either he was tucking his shirt in or he was pumping that Viagra past a roadblock or something. (laughs) Dear God, man. I mean. But it is such a wild The best part of this whole story is Giuliani's reaction. Like... He goes down and says, oh, oh, yeah, I knew it was Sasha Baron Cohen, and I'm really proud that out of all the people Sasha Baron Cohen has punked, he didn't get me. Yeah. I was like, Rudy, 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 Rudy buddy, he, buddy, he got you good. Buddy. He got you really good. Yeah, like, super good. Yeah. Like, one of the... and, and it's, Like, it's, this was better than Ron Paul. Like, I Oh, it is by far better. Way better, yeah. And so, so he came, this, he came out right after this happened because there were... Reports that all of a sudden, because and in the movie you see it, Borat, played by Sasha Baron Cohen, runs in in a tutu, and Rudy Giuliani trend are described it as a pink transgender person <laughs> ran in. Yeah, dude. And it's no, that's not Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, but then yesterday, when this broke, because the Guardian was like, "Screw you, having the experience and just watching this for yourself," they released it, and then other people picked it up. And he was on um, some radio show, and he had more comments about it. And he tried to basically like backtrack and not say like, "Oh, well, they just didn't get me," and like they were doing a sting and all this other crap. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find. Well, they were doing a sting, that's for sure. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. and I'm not saying like this is not a sting. Like, that's exactly what it was. Um, yeah. Rudy Giuliani claims Borat sequel was a hit job for claims he's made against Joe Biden. No, dude, it's a hit job because you're a dumbass yeah, and you're this happened, in the vicinity of Trump. This like, literally was filmed like months before the whole Hunter Biden <clears throat> thing came out. Well, he's been he's been trying to get Hunter Biden information for a while, but like this was before he really put stuff out the last couple of weeks. Yeah, of and, course. And I mean, it, this was filmed like over the summer, and it was literally more because you were somebody who was out in front trying to do stuff with impeachment. Or, like, what led to the impeachment trial, and then were very, very out in front whenever impeachment was going on. Yeah. So, so this is a small part of the movie, so let's talk about the rest. This is not a small part of the movie. This is going to be, like, the biggest thing that people are talking about. Like, I think... Well, I mean, yeah, just because, like, if this hadn't happened, like, you know, if this hadn't come out two weeks before the election, this wouldn't, like, really be... No. What I'm saying is we're doing a spoiler review. Let's yeah, yeah. Not just I, 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 for sure. But not, what, I, what I'll say about this, this is about how I'll end it. 
Um, it sucks that the Guardian released it and then it got a lot of notoriety because oh they had a fiduciary duty to release this. Well, like as a, okay, if there was a fiduciary duty to do that, then we should have released it because like we could have done. We that. should have. Yeah, yeah should. I don't. I disagree with that because I think we're just. I think when people have well, okay, a moment like this, I think you lose some of the uh, shock and awe of it when you spoil something big like that. Because we had no clue that was about to happen or what was about to go down. Yeah. And that was one of the more shocking moments of the movie where we were all jaw-dropped staring at each other. And I don't think you get that same reaction when it's spoiled or you even just have a brief description of it. And Yeah, but The Guardian's not a, like, a movie review. Like, you know... Their yeah. audience is like you know business and political. So like as a political story, again two weeks before the election, they need to get this out as quickly as possible. Yeah, I just I think you can wait two more days. I think you can give people the ability to watch this two days later. If now if this was something where it was like oh the election is in two days, then yeah, like go ahead and release it. But we have two weeks. Well, you people are voting two, right now though. That's so true. Like, but I, I think you can wait two days to get people this information, or you can just say. Everybody could have said there is a compromising. There is a very interesting moment with Rudy Giuliani. It is compromising. We are not going to describe what happens, but it is very compromising. You should watch it for yourself. And then when the movie is actually released by Amazon, then everybody can talk about it. Yeah. But they went ahead and I can show you the emails where they're like, don't talk about big moments from the movie. And they were specifically talking about this. So it's just one of those things where it loses some of the luster of the moment when all of a sudden it's just blown yeah. up. Were this, like, was the 11 o'clock embargo, did that include like, all the spoilers? Yes. Oh, so they were fine like, doing that. No, 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 no. They said in the, art- in the email that they sent out to everybody not to include spoilers. Yeah, that's what I just asked, right? Like, 11 o'clock, people could or could not talk about spoilers. They could not. Okay. Yeah. Then... I don't know what the Guardian was doing. That's my point. Yeah, it's like I think the Guardian was wrong for what they did. Um, didn't like. I mean, it's the Guardian, so it's not like <clears throat> Amazon's gonna. Yeah, and that's my point. Like, and that's what I said to somebody else is like, that's why I didn't do it because I'm not trying to piss off Amazon. Because like, if Amazon, if I did that, like Amazon would completely shut us down and like. Yeah. And it's just the right thing to do. Right. But on the like on the flip side for like the Guardian, they're basically like, yes, yeah, screw you, Bezos. Like we're just gonna do whatever the hell you want. You're not gonna cut us off. So like. Right. Yeah, it's just you get to that point where you can basically do whatever the hell you want and don't have to suffer the consequences. What's that going to be like, Ryan? Um, I don't know. We'll be there in 10 years, hopefully. Oh, will we? Maybe. Probably not. Uh, hopefully. Man. But the other uh, spoiler moment is the moment where we finally get to see Mike Pence on screen. Do you know how long he had to wait in the bathroom to stake out to get in there with a fat suit on to be Trump for this moment. Five hours. Five hours Sasha Baron Cohen sat and he said in a quote, I had to sit and listen for five hours as conservative men bitched and moaned or something and pissed. Like yeah. Like I had to sit in there for five hours because there was like secret service and like all this crazy. So he was like trying to wait for like a clear lane to get to the door pretty much yes dressed up <laughs> as like a crazy version of trump it was like scarily accurate though oh it's so, horrifically accurate like yeah with his daughter draped over her shoulder running through this like convention well and okay so there's two parts that i want to talk about because he said that he had a 45 pound <clears throat> fat suit on to make it look accurate 
Okay. I think it was something like 45 pounds. It was some astronomically high number that I was really surprised by. No, that makes that makes sense, actually. Yeah. Uh, fat suit Borat 2. Uh, 56-inch Trump fat suit. Wow. So I don't know how what that equates to in weight. It's probably like 30 or 40 pounds. Yeah, 50 I guarantee you, like, Trump's carrying at least 30, 40 pounds. 56 inch fat suit, so to turn my waist into Trump's because we had estimated that that was the most realistic. That's absurd. That's the quote from Sasha Baron Cohen. So he, like, runs in. It's at CPAC back in March. And I really liked how they included the line from Pence where it's like, we're beating back coronavirus and it's not coming to America. And yeah, we it's have, like, we have this under control. Yeah, and it's like, ha you stupid bitch. The, the best part of that scene was like the middle-aged woman like right behind her like winds, like, winds up punches him in the back. Yeah, we were going to get – that was the other moment that I wanted to talk about. But that, So he runs in with – his daughter draped over him, dressed as Trump, screaming at Pence, <laughs> saying, I've got her, I've got her, I give you my daughter, like all that kind of crap. Yeah. And then, like, obviously, they get sworn by cops and Secret Service, and they're like walking him out, and he stops, turns around, and says something, and a lady behind him, like, punches him. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I guess that's how conservatives want to be viewed, or like how they want to handle. Somebody making a prank at okay. CPAC. Don't overgeneralize. Okay, how white women at a CPAC event want to be generalized. How one white woman reacted to Sasha Barry Cohen dressed in a fat, <laughs> fat suit with a Trump mask on. Let's get really specific. Running around with a 15-year-old. <laughs> I would have laughed my ass off. That would have been hysterical. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? No, I couldn't. I would have I would have lost it. I also can never imagine being at CPAC. Can so. you also imagine that that is, like, the last trip a lot of people took before COVID? Oh, for the sure. The last thing they did before getting locked down for months was being at CPAC. Well, I, can't, I can also remember because everybody thought that that was going to be, like, a super spreader event and, like, be the real kickoff of the pandemic here. And it turned out not to. Yeah, because no one fucking had it yet. Yeah. Well... I haven't eaten today, Ryan. Okay, yeah. I have water, but never mind. Um, do you have that moment? The coronavirus scenes where he's in quarantine. Those were some of the best scenes where he's in quarantine with these two, like... what? Where was he when that was going down? It seemed like Virginia or North Carolina of some sort. I'm really not sure. Like, yeah, it seemed, I mean, that could have been anywhere in the South, basically. For sure. But he... Those were some cool-ass dudes, though. Like, with how crazy their conspiracy theories were, they're actually some, like, pretty nice dudes. And That was the weirdest thing. And that's the part that I wanted to talk about is it's so weird, like, watching these guys and knowing they're, like, they basically believe like the Q Q anon stuff and mm-hmm. some of the crazier conspiracy theories out there, and they obviously like hate Democrats and yeah. Clinton and Biden and all those people. Like, they were down to do some crazy stuff for this dude they like met five days ago. Yeah, they were like, "We'll do whatever you need, brother." Like, <laughs> it was so funny because like he gets on he gets up on stage and like starts doing his song and dance at the uh, like I don't know Second Amendment rally or whatever. Oh, it was an anti mask thing. Was it really? Yeah. People had masks on at the... Well, and uh, so he's doing his song. He's like, I'd like to thank my two buddies. Yeah, and they're and in the back. Like, like, yes! Yes! Yeah, so like, that, they're, they're, I think, good people who are tricked or just want to believe certain things and 
you know, have those beliefs for some reason. I don't really know, but they are also um, will probably give this. They literally. I mean, it's a per- gave gave somebody they didn't know shelter for five days. Yeah, and it's a perfect example of like, you know, it's very easy to be convinced by random shit on the internet, right? Yeah. Like, well, and the other funny part about that story, Sasha Baron Cohen, I think in the same interview where he talked about the fat suit, he talked about where when he was staying with those guys, he literally had to eat, sleep, and act like Borat the for entire time. five days straight. He could not break character for five days straight. So he was waking up as Borat. The commitment or just like the sheer lunacy of that moment is pretty cool. It's great, dude. Like that is how committed to the bit he was that like for five days straight he just acted like Borat. I really wish someone would find those two guys and do an interview and like I need to know once and for all were they in on the bit or were they like completely like – did they literally – Borat or Sasha Raccoon found this guy on the side of the road and like went to his house and you know they had no idea what was going on i i want to believe and i think that they were literally just like somebody they found but like it's pretty crazy if that's true it's it seems really far-fetched but like the way they reacted in certain scenes like it i don't know it seems kind of like they were like that was authentic yeah no there's like there's actual moments where i think that it was real so um i guess i'll have to email somebody and find out if we can get an answer to that but dude see we can interview them i don't know if they're gonna do interviews or not which is like in my head i'm like are they gonna be hated on or judged a lot on the the twitters or the the facebooks or the instas but like yeah i think most well i think most people they're gonna be very fortunate because Rudy Giuliani decided to grab his dick, so like I think most of the hate is going to go there, where they'll get kind of unscathed. Yeah, but I think like anyone on Twitter who is talking about them will talk about them in the light of being QAnon, QAnon, and and, like you know, Democrat, far far right. Unfortunately, I think like true fans of Sacha Baron Cohen movies will be like, okay, these are a couple cool dudes. No. And I'd like to hear him talk about them a little bit more. So maybe I'll, I'll try and find some stuff about um, him commenting on those two. Um, some other parts of the movie, Ryan. Dude, the scene where he dresses up as a Jew and goes into the synagogue. <laughs> oh, my God. That was, a, that was a heartwarming moment. But when, you, when he walks in, and the line that is priceless, and again, spoilers, so like go watch the movie cause like, and watch it and see it for yourself. It's freaking hilarious. It's when he just goes, how are you doing? How is the weather that we are controlling? <laughs> yeah, dude. So he like walks into the synagogue. Well, so Tutor like runs away kind of. And so he goes, um, so since I don't have a gun and can't shoot myself, oh, I'm yeah. going to go to the nearest synagogue and wait for the next mass shooting. And so he dresses up in like all black tight with bat wings, a like four foot nose, long nails. No, no, like fake fingernails. Fake, yeah, yeah, fake fingernails. Like he like the most ridiculous like 1930s cartoon Jew you can possibly yeah. come up with. And goes in and these two sweet like senior Jewish ladies are sitting there and one comes up to him and he's like Look, look, I'm a normal person. Look, my nose is not big. He's like, you can touch my nose. Yeah. 
And then he's like, look, at Gertrude's nose. His, hers is normal. He's like, ah, it's a little bit bigger than yours. Yeah, it's a little bit more crooked. And it's just like, Jesus, dude. Like, And then they hug and they eat matzo balls together. It's fucking it's so funny, dude. It's funny and it's it's funny because they they react and they're just like, what the hell? And they like kind of yeah. know they're like, okay, this is ridiculous or whatever. But it's like. No, like, come here and, like, see who we are and, like, see what kind of people we actually are like. And it's it's awesome that somebody can make a joke like that, but also then, like, the other person still wants to give them the same kind of love and attention or um, compassion that yeah. they give every other person. It's really funny because, um, like, in one of the scenes before, uh, somehow, like... So in Kazakhstan, like the fact that the Holocaust happened is like a is a really big deal to them, and because well, they hate Jews, I guess. And then no, the, that's it. Like he hates they, they, it, the character Borat is supposed to like hate Jews. So like to the character Borat, the fact that six like, million Jews were killed is a great yeah. Thing. But like the rest of the people in Kazakhstan, they show like make the same reference that they're like super excited that the Holocaust happened. Yeah. And so then like when he like hears on Facebook that the Holocaust was fake. Yeah. Yeah. So like like, terror stricken. He gets gets tricked into the fact that the Holocaust was a ruse. And then then the little ladies at the synagogue tell him like, no, no, I lived through the Holocaust. It happened. And that's when he snaps out and he's like, all right. Yeah. Jesus, dude. Oh my God. So he like runs out of synagogue, like all happy. Cause like now he knows the the Holocaust happened. Yeah. It's, it's one of the crazier scenes in this movie. That's chock full of crazy scenes. We can wrap it up with the, uh, the last scene with the running of the, uh, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm pulling this up on my phone so we can watch it because this is honestly it's one of the scenes it's, it's the last scene because they, they did the running of the Jews in the first movie so they did kind of a callback with this where and they, Sasha Bernard Cohen's Jewish right? he is Jewish yes. yeah so then that's one of the things that he's like poking fun at people who like hate Jews for some reason and we're like why like why do you hate yeah in 2020 like really it's, it's the not that at any other point in time it would be acceptable that's that a good preface caveat I just there. said the holocaust was great or something and when referencing bell rat so I hope I don't get cancelled no we're fine alright um, we haven't been cancelled yet it's we should be good it's a freaking small miracle I can't pull it up my phone's being weird but anyways, anyways like what was the first one that ran out it was um. It was a, a make America great. It was a guy with a make America great again. So it was hat. like a stereotypical MAGA guy. Yeah. And then after that, it was um, Karen with an AR-15 and like a McDonald's bag or something. No, no, no. It was. She didn't have a McDonald's bag. It was just the AR-15. And but then, she had something else in her hand. It was maybe a purse or something. Oh, I got it. Well, we don't have access to the screener anymore. Ryan's on his phone over there. Um, but I think she, she for sure had an AR-15. Right. And the reporter's like, and there's a American Karen with her AR-15 she bought from Walmart. Right. And it was just like, oh, my God, yes. And then the last one that runs out is uh, Fauci with a big vaccine that says science on it. And he runs up to Karen, and Karen then shoots him. And, and kills him. Kills him, and then is stomping on science. So... Great way to end the movie. It's just a crazy, hilarious way to end the entire movie. In a movie where a lady writes, uh, we won't let the Jews overtake us or something on a cake here in Texas. Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah, There's that scene. Um, Somebody buys, he buys a cage and they fill it with like dog toys and stuff. 
Um, and like the total comes out to like over a thousand dollars or something. Um, because for some reason, like the big thing for wives is to have really nice cages to live in. Yeah, because Melania has like the nicest cage or something. It's oh my god, uh, fucking just like, hysterical. It's an absolutely hysterical movie. Yeah. Um, so definitely go check it out, even if it's some of it's been spoiled for you by us sorry or the guardians screw them with the guardian um and if you're a uh, dallas local the first like 20 minutes was filmed in dallas yeah so i was over here just like googling different things alex Plus, got super excited i was stoked man i was not i love seeing dallas portrayed i guess maybe not in this light there were not unless the because they go to the state fair yeah and we don't really know if the cake person was texas or not oh that was Definitely Texas. So we're not going to claim her, but like, cool. <laughs> we don't know if it was Dallas, so it's not like a... Yeah, so, but there's like the... the hopefully that was elsewhere. Yeah, the dress moment is a Dallas uh, store. Yeah, the... Um, the dress store is off of Forest, so it's not too far from the, here. The sugar baby. Oh my God, yeah, she's from Texas, but she's like yeah. in LA now. Um, and then, uh, and her, it looks like her house is a neighborhood where a bunch of my friends grew up. So it was like, okay, that's weird. And then uh, uh, the cell phone repair guy was in Mesquite. Yeah, so really close to – I'm not going to say that. But he's not too far from us. And then the uh, salon that they go to is also Dallas. So okay. a lot of the places in the beginning were in Dallas areas. And it was like, well, this is badass. Like I really like this. So Can you imagine if we had been out driving and looked over and seen Sasha Marin Cohen – I would have driven off the road. I would have right. legitimately like driven off the road. I would have lost my mind. Um, but no, it's it's a really funny movie. Um, they did a hilarious job with it. And we're just very thankful to Amazon for allowing us to watch it. This is a movie that we've been excited for for about three weeks now. Um, mm-hmm. But They kind of snuck attacked it with us. Yeah, so you know, it's something that we hadn't been looking forward to for a while, but that was because they just announced it like a month ago. But... Um, we were both big fans of the original. Um, it was a movie that we both had that one clip of on the Xbox. So it's hilarious that there is a sequel now, and we were able to watch it a little bit early and let you guys know that you should go watch it. So uh, thank you to them. Hopefully we'll be able to work with Amazon again in the future. Hoity um, toity. Yeah. But thank you guys for listening to this episode. This has been a fun one for us. Uh, go check out. Borat most subsequent movie film on Amazon Prime today. Um, we will be back on next Wednesday with a talk about Good Lord Bird, the sh- trial of the Chicago Seven, um, and any news that breaks over the next five or six days or so. So check out our uh, Instagram at Furloughed Film Talks, Twitter at Furloughed. Um, film and YouTube at Furloughed Film Talks, our non-spoiler review, which if you've listened to this entire episode is kind of contradictory at this point because you just heard spoilers, but if you want to send somebody a non-spoiler review to get them excited about Borat, you can do that on our YouTube at Furloughed Film Talks. Tell your friends about the show. Three is enough, um, but we really appreciate you taking the time um, to stop down and talk movies with us. Ryan, last word. Adios, amigos! Bye. Bye.